I was going to show you mine, but I don't want one. So, but my birthday is coming up next year, May 20. It gives you time to save money. If, you know, if God puts it on your heart. But I, I look at technology and isn't it true that when, if you're so far from technological changes, by the time you get into it, you have to learn so much. And I remember when my mom just re, uh, first got her cell phone, she, she didn't know how to use it. And I'm trying to teach her. And it's so frustrating because to me, it's easy. To me, it's all you, have, all you have to do, mom, is, and I'll explain it to her. And by the time I'm done, she's frustrated. And she says, all I want it to do is call. I just want it to, I just want it to, to do what I want it to do as a phone. Can I just get to the phone? And I said, mom, but it's more than just a phone. She goes, well, I don't want it then. Now, have you ever come to that place that it's, it does so many things, but it's not what you want it to do? Now, technology will continuously change over time. It's just a matter of how we are as human beings. We always want to push the envelope. We want to do greater things. We want to invent things, supposedly to make things easier. But if you're not keeping up with technology, then you're going to be lost in technology. But here's the good news. It doesn't mean you stop learning. Now, you may not have to learn about technology, but the Bible calls us as believers disciples. A disciple is a learner. In the series that we're going through called The Habit, today we're going to learn the habit of learning. Now, we all have habits. Some of us have habits of learning. We just love learning. We gravitate towards learning. We love learning new things. We love these TV shows that teach us. We watch uh, TV shows that will help us to learn better. Some of you love school. Some of you love college. And some of you love reading. You just love reading because you can learn. Some of you learn leadership skills or, or uh, uh, you learn par- parenting skills because you want to learn. Babies are born with the ability to automatically learn. When we're born, that's what we're doing at that moment. We're learning. We're constantly learning. God created us from the moment we're born to learn. In fact, when you watch a baby and you're playing with a baby, all their, their hands are going, their feet are going. And the reason why they're doing that is because their brain is actually cutting off certain wiring to go to different uh, parts of the body that says, uh, okay, you just want to move your right arm, but the baby is learning, so the baby is like, too bad. I'm moving everything. Well, the brain is slowly helping the baby to understand what the baby is doing, what you're doing. So when a baby grows, as the baby is growing, you'll notice the baby will start to pay attention to what he or she is doing. The baby will pay attention to you as the mom or the dad. And even at an, at, and when we're born, there is no single language that the baby actually knows. The baby will learn whatever language is most dominant. So we wonder, wow, this baby is so smart. This baby knows how to speak this language. No, the baby knows how to speak that language because at that age, the baby was a sponge. So whatever language was given to that baby, that baby is going to take on. And so as the baby grows up, the baby learns, wait, if I cry like this, then mommy or daddy feeds me. And that actually doesn't go away as men. We still cry for food and the mom says, oh, 
are you hungry? Then as we grow up, the baby says, if I cry like this, it's telling my mom or dad, I need to change my diaper. That's why when certain people come over the house or they, 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 they're carrying your baby and the baby is crying and they think, oh, maybe the baby is tired. You as the parent know exactly what cry that is because you've learned the certain cry of the baby. And the baby is learning what cry to give and what, what things to do as the baby continues to grow up. And then there comes an age where as the baby becomes toddler and, and grows up a little bit more, there's, there's a, it's almost like a disconnection with certain learning, uh, automatic learning capabilities, where now what I've already learned, I don't need to learn anymore because I've learned that already. And then as the baby grows up and becomes what we call a teenager, they're done. I don't need to learn anything else. Mom, I know already. Mom, I know. Mom, I know. Mom, I know. And so when you try to lecture your children, that's usually what will come out of their mouths is, I know. Mom, you told me this already. Dad, you said this already. Come on. I'm 12. I know. <laughs> I know already. I know what I'm doing. It's because the brain comes to a place in life where learning is not automatic anymore. Learning must be on purpose now. The habit of learning says, I no longer learn automatically. I now choose to learn. And as we become older as adults, learning becomes that much more difficult. It just becomes difficult. It could be for a number of reasons. It could be pride. It could be our capacity to learn. It could be our capacity to understand. It could be that we're that smart. We just know some things. I'm sure you know someone that knows it all. Yeah, don't you love them? Yeah, they know everything. If you don't know someone like that, you're wondering, I don't know anyone like that. You're the person. You're the one that knows it all. <laughs> but when, we, when it comes to learning from God, we must develop certain habits so that we can learn from him. If not, where are we going to get our learning from? Are we going to get our learning from the world or are we going to be open to what God has to say? Now, just recently we learned something and I want to, I want to address this because I know some of us are wondering, okay, so where, where are we then as a people who want to follow God, who are learning about God, and at the same time, how do we still live in the world that we live in or in the nation that we live in with many changes that are taking place? One of the major changes that I'm sure we're all aware of is this recent change concerning the Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage. Now, what I'm about to address is a little separate from what we're about to learn today. But I just wanted you to know what's happening, not just in our nation, but where we are as a church. Because people are going to ask you. So, I've read many different responses being written uh, regarding this decision across the nation. And so, I thought about you. I thought about your influence as a parent, as a teacher, as a coach, your influence as a leader, a business owner, and a leader within our church or what God is doing here, as well as in your community and the community that you live in. One of our pastors in our Foursquare denomination wrote this, our focus is to fearlessly and graciously engage the changing culture 
that we are called to be salt and light to while holding to our core biblical convictions. Another pastor shared these words, we must say what Jesus has revealed and we must say those things the way Jesus does with mercy and with an invitation to new life. So the Supreme Court's decision left some people angry, some disillusioned, some pleased, and others frustrated, even among its own court. Some are confused about what the legal considerations will mean for ministers, businesses, and churches. Still others believe that it's a wake-up call for the churches to have a fresh mandate to minister with compassion and clarity. Love without truth, though, is irresponsible. However, truth without love is callous. And if you were to, if you are asked about what is the position of Foursquare, our Foursquare denomination, or New Hope Hilo Hawaii, <clears throat> excuse me, the following statement is the official stance of the Foursquare Church as well as ours. In this resolution passed by the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel of our board of directors for all of our churches. And here's their statement and ours. Foursquare churches, which is us, we're part of Foursquare, understand marriage to be a biblical covenant between a man and a woman. Therefore, Foursquare ministers are authorized to solemnize marriages only between a man and a woman. This reference is in our bylaws under pastoral duties, which states, evangelize the community, strive for the salvation of souls, edify the church, and build up Christian life throughout the church by preaching, teaching, conducting services, and administering ordinances, including marriage only between a man and a woman. So it is interesting that Jesus never wavered from his kingdom convictions, but he also led in such a way that people were drawn to him. Even if their personal beliefs and values did not line up with his they felt safe with him. They were honest. And their lives were ultimately transformed by the power of his presence. Somehow, Jesus engaged them in a way that they wanted to embrace and walk in the truth that he modeled and taught. Which brings transformation. So I address you today not as a sinless person. I address you today as a, as a person who has sinned. But saved by the grace of God. My prayer for our church is that we will always walk in humility and God's love to be courageous in our convictions and always be a light in the darkness, to be a place of healing for those who are broken, be a standard bearer for the truth, a compassionate community for the unloved, and we will gladly respond to the call to conduct ourselves in a way that will open the door for salvation for all people, one relationship at a time according to the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Some of you might have questions afterwards. By all means, you can ask me. But I just want to pray for us uh, as a church and as a people. And if you're new today and you're just trying to find God, I want to pray this prayer, especially with you, so that there's an understanding that in an ever-changing world, God never changes. We still love people. We still invite people to the throne of God to the throne of God. And we, we do what God has called us to do. So would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, in this recent change, Lord, it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change who we are as believers. And I know there are churches that have gone way on the extreme and boy, that's, it's not displaying your love at all. So we want to be a church, Lord, that 
is Jesus to the world that welcomes people into your kingdom. And in an ever-changing world, the good news is that you remain the same. So let us fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. We can take out your notes as we jump into our message today. We talked about a habit last week in, in opening up this series, that a habit is defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Now, habits can be good as well as bad, and we want to develop good godly habits that will help shape our lives for the better. And so during this series, we're going to learn to develop good godly habits. So the habit of learning is what we want to catch today. Learning is an innate part of our being. We are constantly learning. But there comes a point in our lives where we begin to lose what we want or we choose what we want to learn. We become people who say, well, that's too difficult or that's not me or I don't need to bother with that. And so we choose what to learn. The habit of learning says no matter what stage of life I'm in, I will still learn from the Lord so that, so that I can be more the person he made me to be. Just think about it. As we get older, we learn different words and definitions that come with our health. We used to ask our friends for candy. You know, when we were teenagers, we used to ask them for candy. Or even as, as children, you got candy, I want to share candy. And you share candy. Now we ask ourselves, well, you get Tylenol, you get ibuprofen, you get naproxen, you get pain pills. And even though it's not for you, you just take it anyway because you're in pain. You just need something. But we're learning about these new things. We never knew about back spasms when we were children. We fall off the monkey bars or we fall off the playground or the swing set or we get, you know, in, uh, into an accident with our bike. We just pop back up and keep going. You don't want to go home because now you got to stay home. You can't go outside and play. So you just take the hit. You just put tape, whatever you can, or a leaf, and then you're good to go. You're ready. You, you just don't want to go home. But as we grow up, we learn. We better go to the hospital. We better check things out. And if we don't, we're stuck with that injury for a long, long time because the older we get, the longer it takes to heal. And so we learn terms like back spasms or uh, your C3, C4. That's called your neck. You know, as a kid, it's like, oh, my neck's sore. As an adult, oh, that's part of my vertebrae. It might be my C4, C7. And you learn all of these things. But God says, the way you see your health, and the way you view your body physically, even as we get older, you can only be as healthy as you are accurate about health. Now when it comes to our spiritual life, you and I are only as healthy spiritually as our picture of God is accurate. We can look at a health poster and diagnose ourselves or go online and say, okay, what, what is wrong with me? You know, we, we say, oh, my back is sore, back pains. And we try to diagnose ourselves. But we look at those things and we can only be as accurate in our health when we understand where we're supposed to be. When we understand what a healthy person looks like. And when it comes to ourselves spiritually, we can only be as spiritually healthy 
as our picture of God is accurate. He's like our health pollster. What is our spiritual life going to look like? And the habit of learning causes us to draw close to God so that we can learn from him some things that will help us as we develop these habits to become more and more like him. I mean, that's what we're trying to become, right? We want to be more Christ-like in this world. And so God says, then your picture of me must be accurate. And this is why developing good habits are so valuable. Hebrews 5.14, it says, but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. That word practice comes from a Greek word, hexis. Hexis is a habit, whether of body or mind, a power acquired by custom, practice, or use. In other words, the Bible is saying solid food is for the mature. If you want to mature in Christ, then you're going to need to have some habits. And when you have these habits, now you're trained to discern from good and evil. Heidi was making these clipboards. And it's amazing. Like you make a clipboard. You know those clipboards you put papers in. And, and she, she makes it all nice. And she puts all these pictures on it. And she customizes it for a person. And she was making these things. And, and she said, how does this look? And I said, good. And in my mind, you know, it's a clipboard. I'm a man. I don't need pictures and, you know, nice things on it. I don't need colors on it. I just need a clipboard to hold my papers. You know, it's simple, practical. And then she gives this to her friends, and they're like, oh, this thing is so nice. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I'm thinking, it's a clipboard. It's just, it's a clipboard. But women receive things differently. You guys love the, the you know, the nice things and, and all of that, and that's fine. But she's making all, the, all of these clipboards. And she said something interesting. She said, the more I make these clipboards, the more I learn about how to make them better. And it's like God spoke to my heart and he said, that's what you need to be like. That the more you walk with me, the more you learn about me, you should be getting better. But you, Sheldon, all you want is just a clipboard Christian walk. You just want it, you just want it, just, I, just, I just need to survive in this world. Just, just, I, don't, I just need it plain, just give it to me straight and that's it. I, I don't want to know anything else. But the Lord says, no, you, you do. You need to learn. It's hard to learn sometimes when we're set in our ways. We're just set and we're hard-headed. We just don't want to learn. Stop elbowing the person next to you or smiling. You're like, yeah, hey, talking. Oh, I'm glad my husband came today. He might be thinking the same thing too. I'm glad she brought me here today because uh, she needs to hear this. We all need to hear this. We all need to learn because we need to develop these habits. When you develop good godly habits, you learn something new all the time. It is said that successful people have developed good habits that unsuccessful people were unwilling to commit to. But the same is true to say that unsuccessful people refuse to give up bad habits. That successful people were willing to give up. So even though we're going to learn good habits, we still need to unlearn bad habits. Now here's the problem. A habit is normally something you don't even know you have. It's just an automatic reaction. It's an automatic 
habit. That's what a habit is. You're settled in it. It's an automatic thing that comes out. It's a habit. Some of you have a habit of biting your nails. You don't even know that's a habit until your spouse or someone says, you're always biting your nails. No, I'm not. I'm not always biting my nails. What are you doing right now? Like cleaning my teeth. Not biting my nails. And we very rarely recognize our own habits. So when someone points it out, if it's not a good habit, oh boy, our pride comes up. But we want to learn how we can develop these good godly habits. And all of us can develop this habit to learn or habits that causes us to learn. And here's how. Here's the first way. And here's a tough one. Read the Bible daily. See, already it's hard, right, for some of us. We think, daily? i got to read the Bible every day. You know how hard that is. I can't even brush my teeth every day. Well, start with brushing your teeth first, and then maybe you can get to the Bible. Or maybe you're thinking, I have so much things to do. Why is it the Bible? Why do I have to read the Bible every day? I already know God. I, I pray to him. Why do I have to read the Bible? If you're struggling with reading the Bible and you're a believer... That should be an indication that that should be the first thing to work on. To learn reading the Bible. To learn about the Bible. To do what we call daily devotions. That we devote this specific time to the Lord and we read. Otherwise you're going to learn something from somewhere else. You're going to learn from some other source. When it comes to your marriage, you're going to think about, okay, what are, what are my friends doing? Or, or what is happening in the news? What's the norm today? When it comes to finances, you're going to look for the quick way out rather than God's way. And God's way might be a long route, but in the process, he's teaching you certain things. Or you're going to learn from sources that have no eternal substance. Read the Bible daily. Hebrews 4.12, it tells us, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's why we read the Bible, so that we can learn. The Bible allows us to be sharp, so that when we're learning something, we can catch it, we can grasp it. It's not just about learning information. When it comes to the Bible, it's more than information. It's living and active. It's sharp. It cuts away at the core of our being. It separates the flesh and the spirit. And it allows us to learn. We're not babies anymore. So learning is not automatic. We must choose to learn. It's a choice now. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped For every good work. Isn't it true that sometimes we make a mistake and we say, oh, that wasn't good. Or someone tells us, boy, that wasn't a good choice. The word of God equips us for every single good work. Talk about learning how to do good good things and and how to do great things. It, It will come from the word of God. The Bible teaches us. So that we may be adequate and equipped for every single good work. And we need to make sure that at the core of what we learn is biblical. Otherwise, if, if the Bible is not at the core of our being, then when wrong teaching comes in or bad habits or misinformation comes in, 
if the Bible is not at the core of our being, we will follow anything. We're just going to follow our feelings. We're going to follow the trends that are happening. But if it's at the core of our being, then this word, the word of God, becomes a mirror. And then we can see clearly what decisions to make, what I should be doing. Otherwise, in Colossians 2.8, it tells us, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. We can be deceived quickly if we're not in the word of God daily. Reading the Bible builds our soul. It helps strengthen us in our being, in our inner core, in our heart, even in the way we think. Some of you have a Bible app. I use one called YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And it's just a way for me to always have the word of God with me. It's on my phone, on my tablet, and I can read, and then I'll journal. I'll write down some scripture. And when you get into the word of God, it changes you. Some of you love writing things down. And once in a while, I'll write in my journal. But maybe you need to pick up a journal. Maybe you need to download an app or go to our bookstore and just get a Bible and a journal. And our bookmarker, it helps go through the Bible in, one entire, in, in an entire year. Imagine that. All our life, we've never read the entire Bible. We just read the favorite scriptures. Or we do the, the abracadabra. We do the, Lord, speak to me. Awake, you drunkards, and weep and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine. For it has been cut off from my mouth, for a nation has come up against my land. And you're reading it like, hey, what? What is this all about? Well, when you, I actually just opened it to that. That's Joel chapter 1, verse 5. But when you go through the entire Bible, you learn the Bible in its entirety. Not, not just a favorite scripture or a favorite book of the Bible. You learn God's whole heart. And so we go through the Bible in an entire year. Romans 15.4 says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. The world, doesn't, the world is not going to give us hope. It cannot because hope is not a feeling, philosophy, or theory. Hope is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. The world can do its best to make things look good, but it only lasts so long. The Bible is eternal. God's word is eternal. And even though the Bible teaches and is profitable, if I don't have the habit of learning, I miss the most important gems of wisdom to live a satisfied life and to do good works. Here's the second thing. Not just read the Bible daily, but focus on discipline rather than results. Discipline rather than results. Sometimes we focus on results. We want the quick result. But we miss the discipline. I was just reading about these uh, athletes who have gone bank bankrupt. Athletes that had $400 million dollars just 10 years ago, are bankrupt. They have no money left. See, what they learned is these athletes came into $27 million, $50 million. They had the result of what they worked so hard for to get financially secure, but they didn't have the discipline 
to handle $50 million. Some of you are saying, I'll develop the discipline. If I can just get a million dollars, I'll develop that. But they didn't have the discipline for those finances. They didn't have the discipline to think, what after? What am I going to do after I retire? Am I going to invest my money now? So they didn't have the discipline. Focus on discipline more than results or rather than results. And learning takes discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. Boy, something that I'm working on right now uh, is when I hear people complaining that are close to me. And it, it doesn't start off complaining. It just starts off as, hey, did you, did you ever think about this? And then, and then it slowly, slowly comes to a place where now I'm involved in complaining. And then I have to catch myself and I say, I don't want to be like that. I preach about not being a complainer. You know, when you complain about things in the church and, and, you know, things will come my way. And I'm thinking, oh, man, let's just move in the spirit of Christ and, and let's get through with all of the mundane things, all the small things. People are dying and going to hell. We're worried about that. Let's, let's try and work things out. And so I'm hearing myself say this and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's me. I get involved with, with complaining and then I think I'm right because, oh, I've got a couple of people around me. So they're agreeing with me. I must be right. No, no, no. I need to learn to step away from that. Say, Lord, I don't want to have a complaining spirit. A complaining spirit actually opens the door to the enemy. We, we are destroyed from the destroyer because of that kind of heart. And I thought, you know, i got to focus on disciplining myself to stay away from that so that I can learn the greater things. So that I can focus on the bigger picture. Keep learning. Otherwise, if I don't, and we don't keep learning, even in those situations, then I'm not going to develop myself as a husband, as a pastor, as a leader, as someone who encourages people. I'm going to be stuck there at that level, and that's as far as I will grow. I can attend church. I can even read the Bible. But if I don't change, and I'm still in that same situation, my heart is still complaining or grumbling or, or prideful or, or uh, I put people down, whatever it would be. The habit of learning says you gotta, you got to stop that. Otherwise, you can't learn anymore. If you can't even learn this, why would God teach you anymore? And so i got to discipline myself in that area so that I can grow in the Lord. That's why if, we don't, if, you, if you don't discipline yourself, just think of it in this way. When it comes to health, discipline is far more important than dieting. Think about it. Discipline is far more important than dieting. If we don't have the discipline to eat healthy, it doesn't matter what cleanse we go on. It'll come in for a period, and if we don't develop the discipline, it'll be gone. And then we're back to our old habits but if we can focus on discipline, disciplining ourselves, and then when we do some type of great eating cleanse or whatever it would be, when that period time is over, you have developed the discipline to keep that healthy lifestyle going. But sometimes we focus on results and we say, I just got to lose weight. I fat. I got to lose weight. This morning I put on my belt because last week I ate a lot of ice cream, which is a no-no for me. But then I put on my belt. I'm like, oh, man, I got to go running some more i got to run like 50 miles now. But 
I need to discipline myself to look at the ice cream and say, no, thank you, or just not even have it in my house. But isn't it true that when you have grandchildren, you got to have ice cream. So i got to find ice cream that I don't like to eat. The problem is my grandchildren like my ice cream, the same type. And I'm thinking, i gotta, I got to think this thing through. So I understand, man, when it comes to health, oh, it's a tough thing. But that's why if we don't have the discipline, we can shoot for the goal of just losing weight. And I know some people that they've gone through surgeries to lose the weight but have never developed the discipline and they gain all the weight back and they're discouraged. They fall into depression because they, they focus on the result rather than the discipline. And if we focus on discipline rather than results, results will come. It will come. But the discipline part, that's what we need to learn. 1 Timothy 4, 7, it says, Have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. See, when we discipline ourselves in, in, in various areas and we learn that, then I can discipline myself as, as a husband to be better, to treat Heidi as, as how Christ would treat her. Or as the Bible says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, that he gave himself up for her. That I can discipline myself as a husband. Then I can discipline myself in my finances. I can learn how to do my finances better. I can learn about tithing. I can learn about stewarding well what God has given to me. I can discipline myself in savings. I can discipline myself in being wise in my spending. I can discipline myself because I'm focusing on discipline rather than results. And if you focus on discipline, let's just just say your finances and you want to have a savings, then discipline yourself for not spending money. Rather than saying, I want to save $500. Don't focus on saving $500. Focus on saving the discipline required to get there. The discipline will get you the results that you need. Rather than focusing on the results, otherwise we get discouraged because we don't see the results. But discipline will bring in the results. And we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Here's the last thing. This one helps us out a whole lot. Set daily reminders. Chad, can you pass that little blue bucket right there? Set daily reminders. And one of the things that I have is this little bucket. And uh, this, this bucket actually helps me in different areas. And I'll explain it in just a minute. But it's a daily reminder for me. If a habit is defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice, then this means I I need repetitions, right? That that means we must do something over and over to develop this habit. And it says it takes 21 days to develop a habit. So you must do it 21 days in a row to develop this habit. So we need this repetition to form a habit in order for us to whatever we're trying to learn to develop that habit, those repetitions must be there. Which tells me that then I need to be reminded in order for me to continue those repetitions. Because we tend to forget. Because it's not a habit yet. So we need to develop that habit. So it's not necessarily what to do when it comes to developing these habits or setting these reminders. It's not focusing on the what. It's focusing on the why. Why am I developing this habit? Because if we only focus on the what, then we're going to give up when it's difficult. 
But if we focus on the why, then we're going to continue when it gets difficult. For me, I want, I want to be healthy. I want to exercise. I want to eat healthy. Why? It's not to lose weight. It's so that I can stay healthy for the purposes of doing God's work. And then to be there for my family, as well as enjoy my time with my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and even beyond. Because when you're with your grandchild, you don't, you don't have a choice to play with them. They'll jump all over you. They'll just play. And if I'm not healthy, I become grumpy. I can become a grumpy papa. And I don't like when I'm a grumpy papa. So when I'm running and I'm tired, that's the what. What do I need to do? I need to run to stay healthy, to be, you know, keep my heart in good condition. And when I want to give up, I stop the what and I switch to the why. Wait, why am I running? Why am I doing this? Because I want to be healthy for you, Lord. I want to do your work as long as possible. I want to be obedient to you. And I can't be obedient if I'm unhealthy. So, Lord, I want to be obedient to you. Why am I doing this, Lord? Because I want to spend time with my grandchildren. I want to play with them. I want to enjoy life. I don't want to uh, uh, be at a place of life where I can't enjoy it anymore. So, Lord, help me to discipline myself and understand the why behind the what. So that as I'm learning, I'm learning certain habits. So now I have motivation. It's not the what anymore. It's the, it's the why. You need to know the why behind it. Otherwise, you're, you're going to give up when it becomes difficult. You're not going to understand. People won't understand. They'll think you're a fanatic on certain things. But if you have a why behind it and it's purposeful, then there's motivation. There's a story of this one uh, test lab that they were testing uh, some things on monkeys and how they thought. And so they had a, about seven monkeys in this uh, big cage and they had a pole and they put bananas at the top of it. So the monkeys would climb up and get the bananas and then eat the bananas. Well, they tried this experiment for a while and the monkeys would do that. And then they tried another experiment. They had the bananas at the top and then when the monkey would climb up, they would shoot down the monkey with water. And the monkey would get irritated and jump down. And then the next monkey would try to climb up, they would shoot him down with water. And then one by one, they would take out a monkey and then put a new one in there. So the new one never knew why these monkeys would climb up the pole for the bananas. And then halfway kind of look around to make sure they weren't going to get shot. And then the monkeys would climb back down. And so after that experiment, they would take out one monkey at a time. And then they took out the bananas. Until after a while, all these monkeys, as they're climbing up, would pull each other down. Because through routine and through watching and through just passing on these monkeys getting shot with water. And all the monkeys saying, don't go up there because you're going to get shot by water. After they changed out all these monkeys... The monkeys that were pulling each other down had no idea why they were doing that. They had no idea. They just knew this is what is supposed to happen. They didn't know the why behind it. I was just talking to a friend of mine and he said uh, one of his friends uh, in their religion, they don't drink uh, coffee or have caffeine. And so he asked, why don't you guys drink coffee or caffeine? And he said, I don't know. I just grew up like that. So you don't know why you don't drink coffee or caffeine? He says, no, I don't know why. They just, 
I just learned that I don't. Sometimes we know the what, but we need to learn the why behind it. When the nation of Israel was crossing the Jordan River, God said to take 12 stones out of the river and then make a monument. Put a memorial together. The memorial was the what? God said, this is what you're to do. So they built this memorial. But here's the why. The why was, so in the future, when your children ask you, mom, dad, what do these stones mean? You can tell them, and it's in Joshua 4, 7. Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So that was their daily reminder for them to never forget what God did. They had the what, it was their memorial. The why was, so they never forgot what God did. That they might have hope. Set some daily reminders. Why do we set these daily reminders? So that we might have hope. Hope, hope in our marriages. We develop these godly habits, not so that we can just have habits and say, oh yeah, I have great habits. No, the why behind it is so that I can be better as a husband, as a wife, as a, a teacher or, or someone in business or as a, a child of God. We just want to reflect the image of Christ better to a world that is being darkened. We want to shine as lights. So this bucket, I got this from a conference I just recently attended. And this one speaker, he said, uh, and his name is Bob Goff, and he has a book called Love Does. And Heidi actually just finished reading the book. She said it's an excellent book. So if you're a reader, uh, this book, uh, Love Does, is a, a very good book. He talks about this bucket that he carries around. And he fills his bucket with something he wants to learn on, something that he wants to grow in. So when I heard about that, Pastor Marsha got buckets for all of the staff, just a little bucket and I carry this with me. Now, not every place. You know, I'm not going to walk into, you know, the store and carry this bucket. Although if God tells me to, I will. And so I, I, care, I, I actually drive with this. I put it in my cup holder. And so my bucket that I need to learn, believe it or not, is love and patience. Those two things. Now, you might think, you're a pastor. You must love everyone. In my bucket is love <laughs> And patience. When I'm driving, oh my goodness, this bucket speaks so loudly. I'm thinking, why don't you guys move faster? It's because the speed limit is only 45. It's only 25. Have you ever driven 25 and in a rush? No can. Might as well get out and run. It's going so slow. So I have this as a reminder, and boy, is it difficult. But it's a daily reminder. I have a, a water jug uh, next to my bed, and it reminds me to kneel before I go to sleep, to kneel and pray before I go to sleep. So that's a, a reminder. I have an app on my phone that pops up at 12 o'clock in the afternoon for scripture memory. It reminds me to memorize scripture. So set daily reminders in whatever you need to do. If you have to get a chalkboard and write things down or a, a whiteboard and write things down to remind you, post-its, whatever you need to do, then put those things in place. 
because you're learning these things. You're developing the habit of learning. And so we got to set some daily reminders. The habit of learning says, no matter what stage of life I'm in, I will still learn from the Lord so I can be more the person he made me to be. So I want to encourage you all, be a person who develops the habit of learning. And when you do, you and I will be more and more like Jesus. That's what we want to be. He's the one that says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Learn from me, he says. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. My burdens are light. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. If anything, we should be thankful that Jesus says to come to him. Because when he teaches us, and we're developing the habit of learning, and you put that together, you're going to see great results. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Don't just understand the what, understand the why. And you put all of, this, all of this together, the why is we just want to be more like Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, it is a joy to learn from you. You have given us your one and only son that says to come to him and to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. So Jesus, we thank you that you have given us a model to follow, that we'll develop this habit of learning. Sometimes it, it takes us setting some reminders just so that we can visually see something to help us grow in whatever way we need to, Lord. And although challenging, it'll be the best thing for us. We've developed habits that are not good, addictions that are not good, words that are not good. It's just a habit. It just comes out. But, Lord, we want to replace those habits with good, godly habits for the purpose of godliness so that we look more and more like you. Would you seal that to our hearts, Lord? We thank you for showing us the way. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And if you receive that, could you say amen this morning?